Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's The Con Guy. Welcome to The Con Guy Comic-Con Show. This week, we are talking comic books. They are the original fandoms that started everything. They started it all. They are the lifeblood of the convention circuit. Or at least they used to be. I hope they still are. Two weeks ago, the Eisner nominations were announced. And our special guest tonight, David Boer, whose book, Cantor, was nominated. He's here to talk comic books tonight, along with the Eisners, the state of the Comic-Con industry. A little bit about Michael Keaton, maybe. Is the comic industry healthy? Is it, is it healthy and kicking, or is it on life support? We're going to see if David could help us figure that out tonight. David, welcome to the show tonight, my friend. Hey. All hey, right. Guys. Thanks for and having we, me. I'm excited. We have a no- All right. We have a number of people who are so excited to talk with you as well. We'll go around the horn. Katie, if you can introduce yourself. Uh, it's Katie, a.k.a. the con girl since we're doing the con guy. And I'm excited to just give you guys some of the updates and talk comic books. So we haven't had a comic book show very often. So I'm excited. That's why I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Derek. Hi, my name is Derek. I'm a contributor to theconguy.com and a regular here on the con guy show. Mm-hmm. Our, our resident comic book specialist, Ben. <laughs> okay. Hey, everybody. It's old buddy Ben. I don't know if I'm a comic book specialist. I enjoy them. I don't know if I'd call myself. You have spreadsheets. Come on. I okay, do well, have Google spreadsheets of comic books right. in my collection. But all right, that's Ben. <laughs> and and then also on the couch, or are you on the couch tonight, Cheeseman? I am on a couch. This is my friend Patrick Rieger. I was here doing a charity show for Whiskey Sunday. They did a great <laughs> charity show for two different causes, one from Minneapolis and one from Los Angeles. So check Whiskey Sunday. Sunday out on Instagram, see their post, and they donated some good causes. But uh, yeah, here on the couch tonight, I'm known as Cheeseman on the couch. I'm showing up here as Luke Cheeseman because that's my real name, people. Mm-hmm. Like my no, you secret can change identity. Yeah, I would oh, like I to can change that. Yeah. yeah. You go yeah. up to I, three dots. So much to learn. Rename. Okay, I'll do that right after this. But I am with theconguy.com. Awesome. I, I would like to do a special call out to Whiskey Sunday Band on Facebook. They had a, a fundraiser tonight for two um, organizations that are helping out in the Black Lives Matter movement. There's one in Minneapolis, one of Patrick's very good friends is a black owned business that was damaged and burnt um, very badly. It's a black owned business. They're helping the community ones there. And one of them is for here in Los Angeles to help um, help people with bail, but people who are going to jail before they even go see a judge. They're being held in jail. So this is bail. There's no reason for someone to be in jail just for being pulled over. So. Those are two really good causes that we um, encourage you guys to get involved with. But tonight, we are also very excited because David Boer, who is a friend of the show, is here tonight. David, let me introduce you. David is a comic book writer known first for Vault Comics Powerless, which seems almost to be a prophetic comic book. It's a story about a worldwide pandemic, pandemic the ensuing quarantine, and the, and the people of the world who are quickly losing their power their superpowers or the patients, I guess you could say. I, I'm yeah. telling you. I'll let you talk about it in a second. You also wrote Alien Bounty Hunter, which has been optioned for the screen by Levinson and Mark Wahlberg, which is exciting. And tonight, mainly, we want to concentrate on your current project, Canto, which, oh, there it is. I think you're in season two or the special one off right now. It has received an Eisner nomination. It's been, you guys are in the running for, what's the, the nominations that are now? Um, oh, Ringo. It's the Ringos, yeah. Ringos, yeah. And, um, the nominations process, anybody's a, anybody can nominate, um, can, can vote to nominate somebody. So as long as you have an email address. 
So we've been putting it out there. I think it's Thursday is the last day. So if you um, know of Canto, if you like Canto, vote for Canto for- How can they do that? Everything. Um, RingoAwards.com. Mm -hmm. And they have a super easy, click your way through to get to the ballot. That's fantastic. Well, we are going we can to post a link, right? Yeah, we can post a link on the website as well. We'll make sure we do that in the show tonight. And also, David, we, um, we're going to talk for the second half of the show. We're going to talk through Canto and let you help us talk with comic books. But we just have to share real quick, right before the show was starting, Ben, just to prove how much of a comic book um, nerd you are, what was the story you were talking about? Well, it, so I, I've got stacks and stacks of comic books, the majority of which are mine that I've accrued over the years. Some of them are my wife's uh, and she works in the comic book industry. So it, it makes sense. And she was a nerd before I met her. And so she had comic books. And so she had stacks of comic books and they all needed to be, uh, you know, like uh, cataloged. I thought I was like, I need to know what we have. And in some cases, if we want to like trade or sell something, how much they're worth. So I proceeded to uh, open up a Google spreadsheet and document each and every issue, uh, each and every comic book that uh, we had in the house. And I had stacks of them here in my office. And I'm one day I'm like, this was like two months ago, I'm like sitting here working on my computer and David's been on the show before. I know David, he's fantastic. And, uh, <laughs> and he was on the show last time talking about Kanto, but it was before uh, Kanto, Kanto, Kanto. Kanto. There, it's a raging debate. So there you go. <laughs> I'll say Kanto because it makes me sound Kanto. Uh, uh, full of myself. Anyway, um, and then I looked down, I just happened to glance down and on top of one of the stacks, I had never read the comic Powerless. And I looked down and I see it. It's the picture of the guy like behind the podium, like in the politician yeah. stance. And then the first name under the title was Booer. And I was just like, from the comics perspective, I was just like, Oh, you know, like I was like, oh, so, it's David. Hey. <laughs> so it came out in 2017 and it had a um, <laughs> small but loyal audience and very small but loyal audience. Um, and now I get stacks. People want to get Canto signed. We've done really well with Canto. So we get a lot of collectors who will, you know, make arrangements to get Canto signs. You know, they'll, they'll ship them to us. And every once in a while, I'm going through the stack and, you know, these guys here are kind of collectors, maybe a little speculation. I'll, I'll see like a number one from Powerless come through or Alien Bounty Hunter. These are years ago. I'm like, yeah. good. I just, I sure hope that bet pays off for you. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. This could be worth something. Totally. Well, well, David, even though you're a friend of the show, we do want to get to know you just a little bit better. So Derek has prepared a little yes. one minute interview with you. By prepared, that means I've got a whole bunch of little questions in this butterbeer mug that I'm going to pull out one at a time. I I'm like the butterbeer mug. I'm going to warn you, I've never confined a response to one minute. So what could go wrong? <laughs> How good is your Lord of the Rings trilogy? You basically get to answer like very quickly and we try and get through <laughs> as many questions as we can. Now, the last guy that we had on here was our friend, uh, Chris uh, Copeland, Chris and yeah, really great uh, animation artist and everything. He uh, he got through 19 questions, but we went a little over a minute. Did so he I'm really? Not sure. 19? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. That's yeah, he got through a lot. He did, but also we went a little over a minute because I was not following. So this time, Ryan is going to tell me, we could. Uh, Ryan is going to tell me when to start and when to stop. And I will warn you, these are very hard hitting questions. So, you know, 
no holds barred here. I'm already buckling. Already okay. buckling. Okay. 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 I will. I will start when you tell me, Ryan. Okay. 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 Uh, best Harry Potter book. Um, Goblet, Goblet of Fire. It's not okay. Uh, what is the fourth rule of Fight Club? Um, I can't tell you. Oh, good answer. Uh, Lego or Mega Bloks? Oh, Lego. Oh, good answer. Uh, who's the strongest Avenger? Um, oh God, uh, it's Chris Evans. Okay, let's see. <laughs> uh, James Taylor or Jimmy Buffett? Yes, anyway. James Taylor or Jimmy Buffett? Oh, James Taylor, come on. Oh, come okay. on now. All right, who would win, Arya Stark or Black Widow? Um, Arya Stark. Mm-hmm, okay, uh, favorite color? Blue. Very good, Twizzlers or Red Vines? Oh, um, Red Vines for sure. Uh, your favorite vacation spot? Um, oh God, we, we have a big bear. Uh, favorite oh, Star Wars? What's your favorite Star Wars? What's my favorite what? Star Wars movie. Star Wars. Never heard of it. <laughs> Get up the show! I love that answer. That is brave, sir. That well, is controversial. Ryan's already left at this point. I, well, last week Chris Copeland said he hated Star Wars, so none of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I told you these were hard-hitting questions. We're, we're going uphill. Let's see. That's three, four, five, six, seven, eight. What did I say? Nine, Chris Evans was the Avenger. The strongest Avenger. I mean, yeah. That's a good guess, though. That's okay. Thor, I mean, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's the strongest, isn't she? Mm. Most powerful. She's the most powerful. Yeah, I would give him Chris him. Evans. I would yeah, give Chris him Evans. That counts. He's the only guy, other guy that can pick up the hammer. <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah. Good job. Good job. Good now we know you. We know you on such a deeper level, David. Yeah. <laughs> Just that. <laughs> well, listen. Before we do get into uh, learning more about David's deep, dark secrets, um, Katie, you actually have some Comic-Con and fan convention updates for us, if you can go ahead and fill us in. Yeah, so I'm going to recap a couple of things we went over, I think, last week, just in case people didn't tune in last week, but probably the two biggest conventions in the near future, at least in the Southern California area, which is San Diego Comic-Con and Star Wars Celebration. Uh, as if you have not heard by now, uh, Star Wars con convention, Star Wars Celebration, was unfortunately canceled, not rescheduled. It will not be back until August 2022. Mm -hmm. So they're just skipping this year. Uh, Ryan will have questions. Yeah, yeah. And Ryan, if you have a question, you can you can shoot them to me. But basically, you can get a refund or you can get a ticket for the next show. And if you do opt for the transfer option, they're giving a free pin. What's up? Ben, ben? has his hand up. Now I have a real quick question. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Luke's being forced to drink. Um, I don't think that's ever happened. <laughs> uh, never at a con, ever. I, I'm curious. Never have I ever. I, I'm curious, Katie, and I don't know if this is the case or not, but do they do Star Wars Celebration every two years or is it an every year thing? Because it seems to have been inconsistent in the past. So, yeah, last year they did do a show, but it was because of the Star Wars movie coming out. Okay. From what I uh, but it is supposed to be every two years because D22 is the opposite year. D23, sorry, yeah, D23. Is, is in between as far as I'm as far as I thought right Jim yeah the, it's been pretty inconsistent and it's been, yeah. been all over the country but it's Sorry, supposed to be a, I was yeah. typing a message to Luke real yeah. quick it's supposed it, to be every other year like it, ever like the opposite year of d23 right so I just but wasn't it has sure. 
if they were going to do one next year, but they were just refunding everybody's tickets for Anaheim because they were going to do it again in Anaheim or whatever. Yeah, so. I, that could, that's what I was thinking. I, too, I think the I, reason it's in Anaheim though is because of Star Wars Land across the street at Disneyland. They want yeah. to really get a bunch of people. They want to feature that. Not yeah, like it needs right. more attention, but. So it could be that they, they haven't announced that they're having one in 2021. So yeah. But yeah, yeah, they have. Oh, they did? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, only, it's, it's, it's only in it's, California every every two years yeah it's back in anaheim in two years oh yep. there's no, there is none next year but it is the following year gotcha. and it is probably because they have a d23 event next year yes okay gotcha all right so that's just like a recap ryan did you have a question yes Yes. So you have, you should, I don't, I don't know for sure about the fees. I hadn't heard anything about that, but I do know that you can get an all out refund or a merch credit or to transfer them to the next event. But I didn't know about the fee. So I can look into, I'll have to look that up and see if I can find out, but yeah. Yeah, correct. 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 And it will correct. sell out. So yeah. if you want to see your spot, you can transfer your tickets. Yeah. For that. That's what okay. Brianna and I are doing. We're, we're yeah. just forwarding our tickets to the 2022 event. Because it's sold and out fairly and, quickly this year. Yes. And you'll get a free limited edition pin mm -hmm. if you transfer your tickets to the next event. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yes. you get a pin, a, 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 like a special one of what's going to be eventually a set of, I think they said 50, but it's the first of that set. And if you, for every ticket you had for celebration, so it was like if you had two, like Ben and Bree would have one each, you get a pin if you transfer your tickets to 2022. It's one of the perks. It's pretty cool. So, yeah. 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 No worries. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and that was supposed to be in, it, it's going to be in August 2022 now. And then Comic Con at Home is going to be, if you guys were uh, around at that time, WonderCon did an online event. They're doing the same for Comic-Con, but it seems like it's a little bit more prepared this time. It is scheduled for the normal days of Comic-Con, July 22nd through July 25th. And they're going to have a lot of panels online. They're going to have a virtual exhibit exhibitor floor. All of this is still a lot of up in the air of how it's going to work. But as we know more information, I will bring it to you. Uh, and the con guy is having part two yep. of their Power Rangers panel hosted by Ben. Yay, Ben. So, yeah, so we will have continuations. What's that? Cameron wasn't Cameron there. We he didn't have Cameron on one. this one, but he's by far Cameron has been on the most con guy yeah. Power Ranger shows. Correct. He's been on like I mean, 57 of them. I was on last year. I mean, I think it was like March or April or something. And Cameron was on this panel with me. And somebody else it was like Power Rangers and me. And I was oh, like, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. An honorary that's Power cool. Ranger. I don't care. That, I should just get him to crash this panel just randomly. Text him right now. Yes, send him the link. <laughs> Text him right now. It's four. It was four Rangers, right? It's four Rangers, right, that are in the panel. Four Rangers on the yeah. San Diego Comic Con one. Yeah. yeah, we actually shot it this last Friday. Yeah. And a surprise fifth that we won't tell yeah. you about. Yeah, we had a surprise so, fifth. But stay Ooh. tuned, and we'll let you know when we know the exact dates and stuff, and we're allowed to release the scheduling because I know they're very particular about when you release the actual schedule. Mm -hmm. So can I can I that. talk about that for a second, yeah, Katie? Of course. 
I think it's kind of cool. They are being strict about scheduling just as if we were having an actual convention because these, these videos, they're being dropped each day, like as if they're, they're scheduled. Like you have a time of the day your video will premiere. You have the day. We know when ours is. We, have, we, we know that we have, have the, we will be included. We can't give the day and time yet, even though this past Sunday I kind of did and I probably wasn't supposed to, but still. But the thing that's really cool is I bet you, I don't know for sure that we're going to receive a schedule of all the panels just like normal a couple weeks yeah, out. Yeah, a couple weeks out. Which is yeah. going to be so great. And yeah. can I just for a second, do you have any of the panels that have been confirmed? No, I don't have any of those panels on there. But it, the thing that's cool, these are big, they're getting big panels. Yeah. It's almost like, for example, today it was just announced Fear the Walking Dead, Walking Dead, and the brand new Walking, I think, no, 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 NOS 4A, I never know what that's supposed to be. Nosferatu. Nosferatu, but it's yes. spelled yeah. just like numbers. They're having the full cast and panels that are coming in. They're going to be having, um, the Goldbergs are going to be doing a panel. Mm -hmm. Stumptown, the TV show, is doing a panel. TV Guide is doing the fan favorites. Um, Those are good panels. TV Guide, yeah, fe featuring good panels. people from The Magicians, Gotham, Perry, Ma Perry Mason, Nancy Drew, Star Trek Picard. Jerry Ryan's going to be there from Star Trek Picard. I'm very excited about that. And so I just want everyone to know this is going to be a whole lot better than their WonderCon. I think they got caught off guard with WonderCon having to cancel it. They kind of were getting, they wanted to still have it. They were trying to have it before the, the, the complete outbreak, but they weren't able to do that. But um, they're really doing a good, uh, the, the brown coats are having a panel, of course. Of course. <laughs> it's so yeah. great. And so, we'll update you as, yeah. as often as we know those. Of course, the official schedule won't come out two weeks before. They and always we will have a special Comic-Con yeah. episode to go Exactly, it's always two weeks exactly. Like the Thursday ones come out two Thursdays before. It's always like, like precise. And then a few other updates are from conventions that are still slated to happen. Those being Dragon Con, which is supposed to be at September 3rd through 7th in Georgia. Still we'll as see. planned, there's a countdown on their site. Who knows at this point? We're all still waiting and things like that. Uh, and New York Comic Con is still as of now, but we, will, you know, we're it's all gonna like, get canceled. It will be canceled. So that's supposed to it. be October 8th through 11th. But mm -hmm. they are right now, I did go to their site to kind of see what they had um, pertaining to the show with everything that's going on. They are currently having a charity merchandise sale to benefit um, both uh, Black Lives Matters movement as well as LGBTQ plus uh, charities. So you can go check that out. They have a, a special, some special merch on stuff you want to help with Pride Month and all that stuff, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. And then July 10th through 12th. Now this one is still on their website, uh, supposed to happen. Tampa Bay Comic Convention. Uh, still slated to happen in a couple weeks. And I was curious as to what they said on their website about <laughs> COVID-19, because obviously we all know it's a very real threat. They did put that a disclaimer on a special tab said COVID-19 FAQs. There wasn't on the main page or anything, but it said disclaimer, had a disclaimer on the risks of COVID-19. And then they said, by visiting Tampa Bay Comic Convention, you voluntarily assume all risks related to exposure to COVID-19 and voluntarily agree to temperature screenings. They are doing temperature screenings, hypothetically, according to their website, for every single guest who comes into the convention center, which is a very, it's good. I just don't know how they're gonna do it, but you know. I'm glad they're at least doing that. I, yeah. I, I kind of, I, that's an iffy, I'm, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, we'll see how, what happens, but I was curious. 
did you see, did they have a list of, are there people, guests are coming? Like I didn't, I wasn't able to look at the updated list, but I'm sure they took a hit. I don't, I can't imagine they have a lot of celebrities. I bet you they had to look the size too. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, well, yeah, they said limited occupancy in the exhibited floor, in all the panels, everything like that, that was all listed on the website. There uh, will also be hand sanitizing stations and mandatory masks. Okay. Everybody, staff and attendants have to have a mask. So that was just some of the stuff I saw. It sounds like they are trying their best to make it happen given the circumstances, but I'm more curious to see how, how they're actually hit when the attendants come and how that works. If I'm going to be the voice, the contrain voice on this panel right now and say, you know, I used to live in Florida. They do have a fiercely independent spirit. Um, so <laughs> I, I got to give That's it a the most it, diplomatic way to phrase yeah. that I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> So, no, I, I wish them well. I hope things go well. I, you know, I hope they come through this without a lot of problems. I, yeah. I, I am doubtful, but I, I, I hope everything, I hope everybody's okay. And I think how it goes, is directly going to affect how we see the rest of the conventions going on in the future. It's I kind agree. of like, unfortunately, one convention has to be the test run for other ones, which is terrible. But unfortunately, with anything, you have to see how things are going to go. Uh, so there's that. And then last but not least, I know there's a lot of updates considering that there's a lot of conventions canceled, but DC announced they're doing DC Fandom, which will be held on August 22nd at 1 p.m. The event will feature talent, uh, and, uh, feature talent announcements and reveal new content for WB Games, comics, film, and TV. Basically, their Hall H and Ballroom 20 panels in a, their own event. So there will be James Gunn and suicide, the cast of Suicide Squad has already been announced and there's uh, more info which we'll post on our social media as well. So. And that's all online. It's an online yes, virtual event, right, yes. Katie? Yes, yeah. online, all online stuff. But they basically decided we'll just do our own thing, which I do think we are gonna see more of as well, is the yep. studios deciding to do their own online thing. I mean, Sony did it with their PlayStation announcement. So yep. yeah, so that's that. Well, thank you, Katie. That was that was awesome. That um. I am super curious, like you said, the Dragon Con is still happening. I, I was thinking that Dragon Con would be the first because Georgia of all the states is, you know, it's, it's numbers are perhaps the low, some of the lowest out of the early opening states. Mm -hmm. So I thought that they would be the ones to do it. But uh, yeah, July just seems so early, but you know, I'm July not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna be the scold. Yeah. I'm not gonna yeah. scold. I'm just gonna say, I wish well, them well. I hope you know, I was thinking about this the other day and it's so, if you table at a convention, it's so important to have a high, you know, a lot of, a big crowd, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And if they cut down the number of people that are even able to walk by your table, it becomes, yeah. it becomes like, why, why would you want a table if you're only getting 40% or 30% of the foot, foot traffic that you need yeah. to survive? So it's, it kind of, it's just un unfortunate. Yeah, I bet you it's going to be less than 40%, I, I think. Because I know like Disneyland, if they open, and Dis well, Disney World, they're starting at 25%. I think mm -hmm. both states are mandating you have to start at 25% of capacity for large events like that. So we'll see what happens, yeah. But I if don't... you, oh, sorry. I was Go just going to say, if you wanted mm -hmm. to hear more about our thoughts on conventions that, about what we think it's going, how we think it's going to be, Jim and I, we're uh, co-hosts um, with a English Man in San Diego's podcast yesterday uh, where we talked about just conventions, the current state of things, the future state of things, how we think things are going to affect it. You could you can check that out. It was a pretty cool show that me and Jim got to be on. So it's thank you for bringing it up. It was a fantastic yeah. show. Um, it, went, it went a little bit long because we had many, many thoughts. Um, yeah. You can find it at um, Englishman in San Diego. You can find him online. 
it's the it's the convention collective is the website but his twitter is an englishman in san diego and his name's leonard he's such a great guy and he has been hit very very hard by this yeah. you know he makes his life as many people do off the convention circuit so and just i just want to throw this out to the group here that's listening one question that we were asked was what is the last convention that we attended and how soon will will you feel comfortable going back to any convention anybody jump in uh, the last convention that Bree and I went to was the Gallifrey One convention, the Doctor Who convention here mm -hmm. in Los Angeles back in February. And I, I mean, the other side of it, and Jim and I talked about this too, I think I might, I don't know, I have to go get tested yet, but I think I might have had COVID in mm -hmm. January because I got knocked out by something real bad in January. And I just thought it was a bad flu. Um, and fortunately, mine was not one of the cases that I had to go to the hospital or be intubated or any of that. Mm -hmm. um, so, but, you know, I'm very blessed to uh, have been in that situation. As for me, my, I'm sure, I think my wife would be a little bit hesitant to go back. I wouldn't go back. If Los Angeles Comic-Con still happens at the end of October, I would maybe consider going for a half a day, maybe wearing masks and, and sanitizing and all that. But I don't know. I, I would probably wait until 2021, most likely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think my last show was actually New York last year. Wow. And I I can't see going back to New York. I mean, we I had scheduled to go to you know San Diego, Baltimore, New York, WonderCon. We had like an exclusive planned and all these things. I can't see getting into a room like that in 2020. I think this the whole year is just going to be a lost it's going to be like a skip year, a lost year for yep. conventions and things. And we'll just try to restart in 2021. Yeah. I, I do want to follow up on that discussion in just a second. Once we jump in there, Derek and Katie, what about you guys? I, I honestly cannot remember what I went to last. And I, it might've been LA comic con last fall, mm -hmm. but now I can't remember for sure if I was there because my whole life has suddenly become a blur before now. <laughs> and yeah, I, but I think that was it. I remember like the last one I was getting ready to go to was WonderCon right before it got canceled. Um, right. mm -hmm. Yeah. Katie? And, yeah. Uh, mine, I, I think I said this, I think it was actually San Diego Comic-Con because I wasn't able to go to Los Angeles Comic-Con and yep. I wasn't able to go to WonderCon. So I actually think San Diego Comic-Con was the last convention I went to. I actually went to Long Beach Comic Expo. Cheeseman, did you go with me this year to Long Beach? February? No, it was yeah, January yeah. 10th. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up on our Instagram. That's, That's right. the last one. Yeah, this I remember is Dublin, by the way. This is Dublin yeah, Dog. No He's name. the official dog of Whiskey Sunday. Hey, Dublin, glad to have you on. Um, but no, I, it was January 10th, I think, was um, Long Beach Comic Expo. And it people were complaining because it was so early this year. But you know what? Count your blessings. Because it was so early, we actually got a convention in. Best convention I've been to this year. Hey, speaking of this year, think, speaking of uh, news, that was a, a transition. That was such a rough I, I transition. Do, I, no, I, I still have one more thing. I, I would go now as long as I can dress oh, yeah. like Bane and walk around because it's safe as his costume. There you go. That was a yeah. that was a yeah, just, just do cosplay that has a mask. Yeah. yeah. I, I come to the convention. Yeah. Yeah. Like in. You oh, you can cosplay Everybody needs to cosplay as Kanto. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. Got a lot of uh, Jim, it's pronounced Kane too. Kane. Oh, okay. All right. 
That's that so, pine tube comment. So since that was such a smooth transition into news, <laughs> <laughs> there's been a lot of news, especially today. Hey, Ben, why don't you fill us in a little bit? Right. So Ryan's going to count you down. Well, hold on. I have a couple of, of things I want to address before we get into the three minutes because it just feels doesn't feel appropriate to jam them into a three-minute runoff. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about is if you're like a lot of folks across the country and across the world, you probably didn't know a whole lot about Juneteenth until just recently. But if you're a nerdy type like us here at the Con Guy and you're looking to educate yourself, might I suggest heading over to the Juneteenth Book Festival on YouTube. The, vi the virtual event features panels and discussions with black authors and other creative professionals on a wide range of topics, including black superheroes and comics, black fantasy, and being black in the publishing industry. Juneteenth Book Fest on YouTube. And the other news item I wanted to address before jumping into the three minutes, uh, before we, uh, I feel it's important to address this week's, my wife has just broken here. into my office. I'm not here, I'm sorry. No, she didn't. She didn't. Glass. Hey. Bree, Bree, hello! Hey. <laughs> Special guest. That's a that's a good wife right there, you know what I'm saying? Woo, yeah. Um, and so, then she like walks into, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel it's important to address this week's sad news outside of the rapid fire. Uh, I love Batman. And though Batman and Forever and Batman and Robin are very much not my favorite Batman films, I would be remiss if I did not honor the memory of Joel Schumacher, who passed away this morning at the age of 80 after a year-long battle with cancer. Schumacher also directed such classics as St. Elmo's Fire, Flatliners, A Time to Kill, and The Lost Boys. Lost Boys, best ever. And on another sad note, Sir Ian Holm, the actor who is yeah. perhaps best or most recently known as Bilbo Baggins in the Lord of the Rings films has passed away at 88 after battling Parkinson's disease for many years. But Bilbo wasn't his only iconic character. Sir Ian also was known for his roles in Chariots of Fire, Brazil, Hamlet, The Fifth Element, and Ratatouille to name a few. And now I will start my presentation. I'll let you know when to start the clock. Welcome back to Last Geek Tonight, a recap of select news stories from the past week that are important to geeks, nerds, fangirls, fanboys alike. Re read in the sultry tone of my voice. <laughs> Special thanks to my sponsor, Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, it's healthier than coronavirus. <laughs> now, give me three minutes on the clock and count me in. <clears throat> Movie news. Stop the presses, Vicky Vale. Rumors out of Gotham City say Michael Keaton is in talks with Warner Brothers to not only reprise his role as Batman slash Bruce Wayne, but that it will be in the upcoming Flashpoint film starring Ezra Miller. Reports have Keaton's character filling a similar, a similar role to Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is further evidence that, the Warner, and, that Warner and DC are exploring a continuation of tying together their many DC live-action properties, going back to last year's CW Crisis crossover, which featured Miller's Flash in a cameo with his television counterpart and hints of Keaton Gotham City. Shout out to DCComics.com where I looked for more information on this story, but the latest news on their front page was Shazam! Now in theaters. Fans of SpongeBob SquarePants can enjoy his new cinematic foray from the safety of their own pineapple under the sea, as Paramount has announced that the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, originally slated in May 2020, then moved to August 2020, will now release in early 2021, streaming ex exclusively on CBS All Access. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2 has started production. Nuff said. Nice. Uh, Disney released a trailer for the original Broadway cast production of Hamilton coming to Disney Plus on July 3rd. 20th Century Studios, geez, that sounds weird to say, just dropped a trailer for Matthew Vaughn's The King's Man, a prequel to his Kingsman films. Also, an Animorphs movie is allegedly in the works. Do with that what you will. 
TV news. In a story that the con guy broke, hashtag not really, actor Austin St. John returned to the Power Rangers franchise this week as his character Jason, the Red Ranger from the original 1993 Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series, and I pooped my pants while watching it. Reality show com competition show, The <laughs> Minute Floor 25. is Lava, topped Netflix's ratings this week and indicating that we as a country have managed to watch everything else on Netflix. The popular <laughs> YouTube series Cobra Kai, a nostalgic follow-up to yes. the Kid franchise, will premiere season three on Netflix. No release date has been announced, but Netflix did announce that seasons one and two will be available to stream on the service sometime in 2020. Netflix also dropped a trailer for The Babysitter's Club, a series which reboots the classic young adult books from Anne M. Martin. The series premieres July 3rd, but y'all will be watching Hamilton. And finally, Apple TV dropped a trailer for their upcoming series which adapts Isaac Asimov's Foundation trilogy for the screen, and it looks dope. Gaming news. Sony dropped their PlayStation 5 announcement, including a teaser of Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and people lost the damn minds. That white PS5 controller gonna get dirty, though. So much Cheeto dust. Then Activision and Toys for Bob released a trailer for Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, and EA released a trailer for Star Wars Squadron, and people lost the damn minds. Both games release October 2. Nintendo announced a new Pokemon Snap game for Nintendo Switch, and people lost their damn minds. No release. 20 seconds. I haven't started playing Smite yet, but Titan Forge Games officially announced that they will be adding characters from Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra, you weebs. Mixer, Microsoft's answer to Twitch, is getting shut down. Applications associated with Mixer will be redirected to Facebook Gaming. Mixer exclusive streamers such as Ninja and Shroud will be free to move to any platform they choose. And finally, parent company AT&T has put Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment up for sale. What does this mean, particularly for its connections to DC Comments and other tentpole gaming franchises under the gaming division? Nobody knows. That is all. Time's up. What? Wait, okay, hold on. Mixer is no more? Mixer is officially being shut down so and wait, does that transferring over to Facebook gaming. Does that mean Ninja is going to go to back to Twitch? Ninja is free to go to any platform that he wishes. Shout out to Ben Cleaver, ladies and gentlemen. That was amazing. Three that that new segment blew my mind because I actually learned like eight things I did not know. Yeah. Like there was that a thing that just proved that, that we're on track. Derek, Derek's eyes popped at an Animorphs. Wait, animate what? Animorphs? Animorphs. Yeah. Animorphs. What What's funny is I never read any of the books and I only saw like a handful of episodes of the Nickelodeon show back in the day. But I was like, I, I could get on board with seeing that, you know? Yeah. I, I think I will have to um, acquire a ticket to that or a download or however they end up releasing it. Now, from what I could find, it was not attached to any major studio currently, but mm. that could change. Mm -hmm. Katie, what were you going to say? Flora Lava is amazing. That is all I'm going to say. I watched the entire thing, and the fact that it took them 30 years of my life to make a game <laughs> that I played as a kid into a Netflix show, it is entertaining. That is all I have to say. I saw it. I saw it on Netflix. It, yeah. it was like the number one ranked thing on Netflix when, yeah. I, when I pulled it up. It's I, but I was thinking, idea. like, yeah. I feel like there's only a certain age group that will appreciate it because if you haven't played The Floor is Lava when you're a kid, you're not going to understand it. And we're like, this is only going to be good if, like, when they fall into the lava, they're like, no, and they do. So it's of like. Course. Well, yeah, and I didn't even watch it. I just watched the trailer and I'm like, it's clearly not real lava. So I'm yeah. not. I'm out. Real quick, people like are being burned alive like Anakin Skywalker. Or, or Luke, Luke, you had something. Yeah, I was gonna, hey, uh, David, for the first time in a while, Brad is watching live. So Brad, Brad is excited hey, to see you. He's, 
He's like, Burr! I thought I was so. going to buck under the pressure before with Derek's questions. Holy smokes. Wait a second. Yeah, yeah. Two things, though. One, Katie, you did, a, you did some stories this week about the Sony News, right? I did when they dropped it the day of. Yeah. Okay, there's okay. one on our Instagram where there's like a minute and a half update about some of the stuff that they dropped. So, cool. Yeah. So, I encourage you guys um, to check that out. A, a little total tangential sort of my world. I follow a lot of the speculators from comics. And um, when that Miles Morales news dropped, the first appearance of My Miles Morales in um, Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate Fallout, mm -hmm. number two or something, it's like $1,000 now just for a copy <laughs> of it from whenever, I mean, it wasn't even that that old, but they just yeah. like, it's like, did any, nobody saw Into the Spider-Verse, I guess, so. But can we just thing. real quickly, because we're gonna, we gotta jump into um, our David Boer section of the show tonight. It's going to be exciting, but Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton as Batman. Oh, that's, look at Ben's shirt. That's why I'm wearing it. This is my Smilex uh, baseball tee from our friends, our good friends over at Monster Tees. Oh, cool. nice. This is all really I've got cool to say shirt. about that news. Long sleeve, too. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yes. Just... So... <laughs> there it is. So what is that? Uh, what are you trying to tell us there, David? As, <laughs> by the way, if you're just listening, he held up his Beetlejuice box. He also has Beetlejuice box behind him in case anyone hadn't noticed. That's my Beetlejuice. I, yeah. You know, fun yeah. little backstory is when I was young, the fir very first movie that I ever remember um, seeing in the theater, and it's my dad brought me and my brother when we were like 10 or 11 years old. As a twin surprise, brother. My twin brother, and it was um, Beetlejuice in a one-screen theater in our small town in Ohio, and that's why I've got such a special place for that nice. movie. So Michael yeah. Keaton can be Batman, that's fine, but as long yeah. as he comes back when I write the sequel to Beetlejuice, that's fine. There you go, yes. <laughs> All right, last thing before we jump into the next section. She's been on the couch, what are you wearing? Why are you wearing it? <laughs> well, there was a special anniversary this past weekend. Uh, Jaws 45th anniversary happened this past weekend. The Jaws anniversary. So happy Jaws anniversary to you all, and I actually, Watched it with a couple of people that have never seen it. And I will say that people get the same jump scares that they did in the seventies. They jumped, you know, when the head comes out of the boat. And when I showed my nephew for the first time, who was like five years old or but wanted to watch it, it's not my fault. Uh, he <laughs> reacted the cool same uncle. way. It has those like jump type moments in it. So it holds up, but <laughs> happy birthday, Jaws. Happy birthday, Jaws. Thanks, like Jaws. I, and the and beaches were open. Yeah, the beaches well. were open <laughs> safely. Oh, can I show off my shirt too? Yeah. Because uh, this was. Oh, Brian. Yeah. Bravo. Wow. First anniversary. Yeah. So, well, yesterday was my first Father's Day as a foster parent. And um, little baby Q is two months old today. So, speaking of anniversaries, sort of, but not really because it's not a year yet. But yeah, two month birthday today. But your first one, yeah. Fantastic. Happy Father's Day, Derek. Sure. I think yeah. I'm Dando now. <laughs> Forever. Huh. All right. So um, let's go ahead and talk about Kanto and and um, the very talented, or and as Ben described him today on Twitter, what, how'd you describe David on Twitter today? 
Was it unreasonably good looking? Unreasonably Yes, unreasonably good looking. (laughs) I was going to say devastatingly handsome, but something like that along those lines. So we save that one for Jim. Jim's devastatingly handsome. I would like to hold up my copy of Canto Number One, which David signed over to me. He signed to Jim. Signed over. Well, signed over. He signed it. If I only had a heart. And this is a special book for me. For one, because of David, we're good friends. I'd like to think so. Please don't dispute me on that. And I can't tell such a great heart, heartfelt story, such a good story. And I got this at, it was San Diego Comic-Con. Wait, was it? That's the San that Diego were, exclusive cover. Yeah. Yes. It's, yeah, hold it's on to that. Don't on. crease it. Don't, don't. I just took it out of the, the <laughs> just because it's so bright on the slide I have on me. But it's also special for another reason. My um, a very good friend of mine, I was in line or I was in another panel, I couldn't leave. And my friend and Luke's friend, Rick, um, Rick went to get it for us. Remember Rick was there with us, Luke? Mm-hmm. And he was, uh, he was also, me and Luke are screenwriters and he was our manager, but he's also a really good friend. And he came down, he met you, he thought you were the best guy. He got it signed for me and bought it for me. Um, sadly, I remember it. But sadly, Rick is no longer with us. So this is a very special book that I will cherish forever. I don't want to, that's not to bring it down. Rick was one of the biggest lovers. His name is Rick Vaughn, one of the biggest lovers of comic books that I have ever met in my life. And I grew up loving comics. And now I'm reacquainting myself with my love affair with comics. I love to hear Ben talk about going on Wednesday polls to get his comic books. So David... The fact that we get to talk about comic yeah. books with you tonight is just so exciting. So thank why, you for being. Why here we're tonight. on that topic, just real quick. Uh, so Rick's kids are actually doing kind of a fundraiser for their family because now, like you know, Rick's not there supporting him, and Rick had a huge comic collection. So they're selling his comic collect- collection as a fundraiser to the family. So we'll probably post something like that on our site. And and it looks like Luke, you've already bought some good. books. Oh, is that there? Okay. That's, they're here. We'll, we'll do an unboxing maybe at the end of the episode. Yep. See what I got. So we will promote that and help out Rick's family. Rick's one of the good ones. So anyways, so David, I, w- I would like for um, all the hosts to, if they, if they want to jump in with any kind of questions, but first of all, congratulations on Canto being so successful. Tell us a little bit about Canto and if the rest of the hosts, if you guys want to kind of read over some of the questions you guys have. But Canto, just tell us about the journey of Canto, where it's at right now, kind of the accolades it's getting, and also congratulations. It was recognized in one of the Eisner Award categories as well. So just tell us about that. Yeah, so um, just going with the Eisners first, um, yeah, we were very excited because our letterer, Darren Bennett, who has lettered every book that I've ever done, and is just an amazing person and uh, fantastic talent got recognized by the Eisners with a nomination for his work this year, including on Canto. So we're really excited about that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of great, great books nominated. We, we, we had hoped, of course, like everybody who's named not on that list, you know, hope to be on there, uh, you know, other categories, but we're trucking along, man. It's been kind of a surreal, uh, it's been a, uh, just about, um, next week is actually one year after the release of Canto Issue 1, um, and it kind of, I, I don't remember exactly when I was on the show, but I remember talking about it, and you just have this, like, pit of your stomach uncertainty about launching a new book. Are people going to like it? Are they going to, you know, be into it? Is it going to have legs? Is it going to keep going? And, um, you know, right when we announced it, I think people were super intrigued by this little character, and it's just... Um, you know, they started 
started sort of digging it when it was in pre-orders. And then by the time we got to the first issue being released last June, um, we had gone into three printings. So it was picking up steam before it got on the shelves. And then um, like, I don't say any of this to brag. It's just brag, it brag. Such we a want you to brag right now. Yeah. Moment. I had two signings set up um, on release day, one in the morning and one at night and in the evening. And in the morning, check, check out Ben right now. Look at that. He's got look them all. Look at that, Ben. Um, <laughs> I want you to so, sign every page and every one. <laughs> done. It's just a, just a nominal signing fee, and we're all set. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I did a signing in the morning on the day of release uh, and they had all the books there and they just had opened and none had really sold yet, but they had a nice stack, so it's like, great. And then by the evening, I went to a shop and they had to pull them out from behind the register because people were coming in and they were buying the heck out of this book. They, they marked up the price by the end of the day so that people wouldn't be buying stacks of them. And yes, it was, you know, some of these speculators get get this the idea that a book's going to be hot, and so they just go out and buy and buy and buy it. It's kind of a double-edged sword. It creates buzz, but it also um, reduces the number of people who can actually read the book. Um, so that happens on release day. It was really fun and really exciting. Sold out everywhere. Um, then San Diego Comic Con rolled around, and we had to we had an exclusive cover. And this is, this is my favorite story, is um, we, preview night, that's the cover right that there. Jim has. Preview night, I was out having dinner, the floor opens at 6 p.m. We had a print run of that one of like 250 copies. And I get on the floor a little bit late, like five, 10 minutes late, and I get a text at 6.19 from our editor at the IDW booth, and he says, hey, good news, I think we sold out of Canto. And I thought, <laughs> great. And I text him back, I was like, oh, for the night, right? That's great. He's like, no, for the show. Oh. So 19 minutes, they sold like 200 copies of Canto. That's amazing. A book that just came out like a month before. So we're reeling. Drew, the, um, my co-creator and artist on Canto is, is with, with me at the show. And then we have a Friday signing and there's a line around the, around the corner and people are lined up and, and it's like a solid hour of just people. And if you ever create comics or try to break into this industry, it's to, to just have that moment, it's just, it's so fulfilling, not even from an ego perspective, just like you work so hard and you just hope for that. Um, so that that's was amazing. middle middle of the year. By the way, that's where I bought this book. That's where, that's where Rick hey. met you, is that that big long line. I, I remember come to the front and you let me do it. So I thank you for that. <laughs> like, get out of my, this, don't you know who he is? Um, yeah, so, and then, and then you watch how things kind of, it's like, is this just like a flash in the pan? And we're watching six issues go by for all the rest of the year. Kind of the price, speculator prices went down and we're like, oh God, what's going to happen? And then at the end of the year, um, people started talking about like, Best comics of 2019 and Canto started popping up here and there. And when you know it, the people came back to Canto, they started buying the issues again on the secondary market. And then this came out, it's been kind of a serendipitous whole journey because this came out on March 25th. Can you tell what you're holding for people who are listening? Oh, this is the trade paperback for Canto. So this collects the first six Ooh. issues. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and the reason why I say it's kind of serendipitous, this street date for this, the trade that collects all of them was um, March 25th, which if you look back the 1000 years that have happened since March 25th, <laughs> um, you'll see that that was the very last day that shops got new books from Diamond before they shut down. So we just like, it was wow. Indiana Jones and the door was closing and we were just like sliding under <laughs> right through it. Um, so that's where we are with Canto for the first arc and we got renewed. So we have a sequel coming. Um, it's called Canto to the Hollow Men. And I strongly recommend picking up the trade and reading it first before you jump on board. Um, I think we might have some visuals for some of the covers. Oh, yeah, Ryan, we yep. have. Um, so there's a main cover, Ryan, um, and it's, uh, well, we'll pull it up. We've got a couple of variant covers. That's the, um, we've got a one shot coming ahead of time. That's kind of a whole side quest, as I like to call it, called Canto and the Clockwork Fairies. That's and if cool. you love Canto and his first journey, you'll just, it's just more of him being lovable, okay. courageous self. And I, there's an inside page. I threw some other graphics in there just so people can yeah. get an idea of what the book looked like. We, if you want to keep on scrolling, Ryan. And there's, that's, yeah. I so, love that. Um, so some of these, some of these images are great. So um, Canto 2 is coming and it's, um, Canto is going to have, be joined by three friends. So I like to um, describe them as um, Fro uh, Frodo, Sam, Mary, and Pippin mixed with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, and that's, which cover that's is that? That's Canto and the Clockwork Fairies. That's a variant cover. And one of the covers that we have for the sequel coming is going to be a, a recreation, an homage tribute to the original TMNT Laird and Eastman cover from issue number one. Oh, no. Remember the red cover with the turtles on it? Oh, wait. That's Just awesome. From the A from 86 or whenever it was first published. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know wow. what you're talking about. That's awesome. So and what's this one here? No, no, no. For no, you'll say no, 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 no. I said, and what? I, I, I'm sorry. Oh, it's Canto 2. The first okay. issue is going to have that variant cover. We've got some retailer variants coming, and it's, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. And we'll see where it goes from here. But, you know, fingers right. crossed. Like I don't think we got all the pictures that you yeah. sent over over to Ryan. So I think that's all the pictures we have. But if, sure. if what and we do, we kind of don't have tons of time. But if the, what, I, what kind of questions do the rest of you guys have? I, I got a question. So yeah. starting kind of from the beginning, you know, like sometimes you get like an instinct when you have like a really good idea or because I know you are very excited about this. Like when we talked to you, like even before this ever came out, you're kind of like showing us some kind of sneak peek stuff like. Tell us about that experience. Like when you came up with this idea, like, did you just like, cause you developed some other like, like good comics and everything, but this one just took off kind of that even beyond funny. maybe even what you even thought it would. Oh, absolutely. Um, so the way that Canto began was Drew, um, who's the artist and my co-creator actually came to me with a concept drawing of what would become Canto. And he's just a character he created and he had a kind of an idea for a story that was a much more adult skewed story that was really um, close to Dante's Inferno. And I wanted to do an all ages comic because I thought, because everything that I've been hearing, I had heard at the time was all ages comics are where to be in the bookstores and the major mm. publishers and OGNs and that sort of thing. So we got together and one of my favorite things is Wizard of Oz and you can see in my, sh in my um, case right here, I don't know if yeah. you can really see it, 
Um, maybe, uh, I'll leave it. Open it. Okay. <laughs> we don't have a ton of time, but. Yeah, let's yeah. see it. This was, this is a copy of Wizard of Oz that I've had oh. since I was 12 years Whoa. old. Oh, get in out 1901. of town. I wasn't 12 in 1901, but this was published at yes. Excellent. And on the bottom is stamped, if you can see it real close, it's, um, this is my hometown library in Ohio. So oh, when okay, I was 12, library, I went to right? used okay. book sale. So you're a thief. Oh, oh used book sale. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Used I think I paid sale, five right. or $10 for it when I was 12 back in whenever, whatever year it was. That was, that was a lot of money. That's so I always loved Wizard of Oz. So it's like, what can we do to marry these two things? So eventually, Kanto was born out of that, this little tin hero in search of a heart. And from there, the story sort of evolved into this, you know, quest for him to, um, I mean, I guess if the listeners don't know, the pitch is um, Kanto's part of a race of people, of these little tin people who have been enslaved and they're not allowed to have names, they're not allowed to have relationships, they're not allowed to feel love. When they're taken, their hearts are removed and replaced with clocks. And when their time is up or their clocks get damaged, they go into the furnaces. But we have Kanto. No defies... heart, no heart. Yes. We have Kanto who defies all of that. He's in love with a little tin girl. And when her clock gets damaged beyond repair, he's got to go into his great big fantastical world to find where they take their hearts to bring hers back to save her. So I like to say it's part fantasy, part adventure, and all heart. That is, yeah, and that's why it made, yeah. it's kind of cool you signed it yeah. to Jim if I only had a heart. This is the, that's the best signature. And, By the way, little side note, um, I work, I, I know Frank Baum's uh, d granddaughter. So if you ever want to meet her, I will introduce you. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yes, absolutely. All right, all right cool. What, Luke? All right, sorry. Oh, I was just saying, like, to just like wrap that up, did you feel like, like when you're like so passionate about this, like people like have a gut feeling, like I think this will really catch with people. I nobody's going to believe this, but I absolutely did a hundred thousand percent. And even from the first moment I saw that concept art, I'm like, I don't know who this is. I don't no. know what his story is, but we are telling it. Um, well, you, you had Ben at hello. I know that. <laughs> All right. You ben, hey, do you guys. have a question? No, no, I, I, I do have to say this, and we're going to get to Ben's question, but I've been told that we need to be quick about it. So go ahead, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I went on eBay and I looked up that San Diego Comic-Con issue. Now this is eBay, of course, so people can set whatever price they want. Yeah. But I found the Kanto number one SDCC uh, exclusive and it says sold out, Whoa. but they have a copy available and uh, it is in Brea, California. And look at the, there, yeah. that one, exactly. Their buy it now price is $189.99. David, oh. good man. David, mind. do you have a box somewhere where we could just- it's $8. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to blow your mind. This this was floored me. The, 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 hot, the most expensive one that I saw was this variant. This is me totally nerding out. This variant, it's a one in 10 from the first issue. Um, somebody got it signed by me and Drew and the cover artist, which is Nick Robles for this variant. And he told me that he sold it for $1,000. Holy wow. 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 All I can say is congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. Can we talk about money just real quick? And we, we do have to end the show here fairly quickly. But I, I told people we would talk a little bit about the state of the industry. Could you give us your best indicate? Where do you think what is, tell us what, what you think the state of the industry, the comic book industry is right now with the shutdowns, 
comic book shops. Just where are we? Are we healthy? Yeah, and then Diamond. A Diamond now... I'm sorry, what's that, Ben? Diamond and DC. I think DC shot themselves in the foot. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, like big things are happening. The shops are really up in arms about it. And, you know, I fully 100% support shops all the Mm -hmm. time. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. I think DC's play is a long-term play for five years from now. I think they wanted to bring Diamond to its knees and Diamond's going to have to adjust. And then DC's probably going to go back to them after Diamond has adjusted and, and become more competitive. Somebody has to bust. Somebody had to bust up this in Monopoly. Yeah. And the shops are really upset about it. And I just want to tell the shops that I really don't think that DC at all was concerned about this collateral damage, which is what I think they they look at it as. Mm-hmm. They had to do something. So yeah, and for those who don't know, Diamond is the distributor, the major distributor. The they they had a monopoly on distributing comic books in the country. Correct. Basic. I mean, basically, yeah. So they were the only distributor for comic shops, and comic shops had to, as far as I know, they have to they have to sign an exclusive agreement that they won't they won't get comics from other distributors. Oh, I didn't know that. And so oh. they can't get together and be like, we could go somewhere. They get comics from other distributors, but anything that Diamond distributes, they have to be exclusive to Diamond. They can't go somewhere else. So they had no choice but to do this. So it had to take somebody like DC to. To, to break this open. Um, I really fear for shops. So many shops before this shutdown didn't have even online ordering, mm-hmm. which is, which like boggles my mind. It's like, mm-hmm. just have an online presence and now they all do. So maybe that's gonna help. Um, I've sent trade copies of trades to all these different shops just to try to help them boost them so that they can sell them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the book market is where it is. My next book, I have a comic coming out in 2021 from somebody else and then a book, an OGN hopefully coming out um, late 2021, maybe 2022. That what do you mean by be, book? Like, what do you mean by book? Graphic novel? It's a graphic novel, original graphic novel that's really aimed for the all ages kids audience yeah. because that's cool. where it is. It's the Raina Telgemeier market. Okay, guys, as we finish up here, does anyone else have a question for David about this topic or about Canto or Canto? Where can people find the mm-hmm. Canto book or eventually? Yeah, that combined issue, especially yeah. with like all the- Oh yeah, this is issues. available Amazon, any online retailer, any bookshop, um, any comic shop will have it or they can order it for you. Um, on Instagram and Twitter, Canto has its own has its own account, so it's at Canto Comic. Nice. Um, and we have links to all those different things on those accounts. And okay. You can I think you have six out. sales just right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, do it, man. How can you resist that thing? I know. Yeah. I, I, by the way, have, did you guys hear that about Comic Book Day? Free that Comic Book Day. That they're bringing it b- uh, back. It's coming back. It's expanded. Yeah. It's starting July fifteenth and oh, going sweet. through. Okay. I think it's August 9th or some. So, yeah, or September 9th. September 9th. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. We got time. to end, end. David, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Where can people yeah. find you online and, and anything about Canto or your other work? Again, Canto com- at Canto Comic on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, my Twitter is at David Boer. And my Instagram is at David M. Boer because somebody had the audacity to take the David Boer. <laughs> Any other kind of the, the next, the ones up and coming, little news breaking things you can give us about what's to come? 
more wiser <laughs> from you yeah from you like about the next oh, issues of canto you can tell doing, us or reveal i can tell you we've revealed this before but not where it's where at home it has which we'll find mm -hmm. out in 2021 but i'm doing an um more adult um skewing sci-fi uh, adventure series that's um it's an all lgbtq creative team about a couple of gay intergalactic assassins and it's called killer queens and I, like to call it, and I like to say it's guardians of the galaxy so there you go. i feel like i know some go. people who will totally get that so all right thank you so much david hey Katie, we're go one more shout out i'm yeah. co-creating that book with natasha alterisi of heathen from vault comics and she's amazing so all right Volk, awesome. they're the ones who had powerless right yep. All right, Katie, where can people find you online? Uh, you guys can find me at KT underscore Christine with a C on all social media platforms, including Twitch. I've been more active on Twitch because of the off season and on other shows at the AfterBuzz Network. I currently am doing the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after show on Thursday nights at seven o'clock. Awesome. Daddy Derek, where can people <laughs> find you? Well, I'm not tweeting very much because I'm not going to any conventions and I don't have a whole lot to talk about, but I am on Twitter as um, at ConGuyDerek. And uh, you can also just look for me on theconguy.com. And you're not getting very much sleep because you got a baby. That's true. <laughs> All right. Cheeseman, where can people find you? Which couch can they find you on? <laughs> uh, go with Ben first, actually. Okay. Ben Cleaver. Hey, everybody. My name is Ben Cleaver. You can find me on all social media at B-E-N-K-L-I-E-W-E-R. Uh, you can also find me at that hashtag show. Uh, I've just started working with them and I did uh, a little thing. I'm going to be dropping some stuff on their website tomorrow because I went and visited the movies pop-up, the Kevin Smith film pop-up restaurant nice. in, uh, in Hollywood. And remember everybody, people ask me, why are you drinking out of that red cup? Well, it's because whenever Ben Cleaver shows up, it's always a party. Howdy! Ben, that's kind of like how I always carry around a vomit yeah. bag. Because yeah. <laughs> whenever Derek's around, it's going to be sick! <laughs> <laughs> Yes. All right, Cheeseman. All right, on that note. So well. We were doing well, so well. This special edition, this special episode, I'm Cheeseman in the Cabin. Well, also Cheeseman in the Cabin on the Couch. So, but you can find me on theconguy.com and on Twitter and Instagram at Cheese on Couch. And Jim, as we close, uh, can you show the audience what I got from Rick's comic collection? What do you mean? This right here? Yeah, this old thing. This thing. Yeah, you, you want me to open it? Yeah, as you as you're your buys. Don't do it. He's yeah. Jeez, this is okay. And just making and, sure there's no anthrax in it. By the way, Remember, and, and you can find me like super hardcore seventy. Gosh, there's no way to open this thing. It is so sealed. Okay. You by the way, keep a Michael Myers knife by you. Jeez. I am in the. By the way, you can find me at Jim Fry. It doesn't even matter. Can we just watch Jim trying to unbox for okay. like an hour straight? Follow me at um, theconguy.com, the website, theconguy, D O T C O M. That's theconguy.com on Twitter. I got it! I got it! Look at it, look at it. Oh! That's cool. Robin, year one. Oh, boy. Okay. We got a bag of Doritos. We want to open that. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for following the, us this week. Thank you for watching the show. David, thank you for being our guest, guys. We will see everybody next week. David, congratulations on the success. Bravo. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.